Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Welcome to the Mick Ultra Golf Show on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. Presented by Michelob Ultra. Locally distributed by United Beverage of South Bend. Michelob Ultra. Superior light beer. Don't compromise. Also sponsored by Bill's Heating of Goshen since 1951. For all your heating, cooling, and plumbing. Also by Pet Refuge. Leck Leitner Door. Sherwood Tire. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Your local Edward Jones financial advisors. Edward Jones. Making sense of investing. Member SIPC and OSMC, the Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center. And now, the Mick Ultra Golf Show on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. We welcome you to another edition of the Mick Ultra Golf Show on 960. I forgot, I, get, I can't say 96.1 anymore. They don't want me to say that, so let me start over. <sighs> All right, three, two, and one. We welcome you to the Mick Ultra Golf Show on 960 AM WSBT. We hope you're having a great Saturday morning. We appreciate you joining us before hopefully you're going to go out and play a little golf today and watch some U.S. Open golf. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined by Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend. John Foster, I guess we can say, is on retirement assignment today. (laughs) (laughs) So who Who knows knows what he's doing, right? Who knows? what that means we're getting texts from him but i think that might mean tim he's got his feet kicked up somewhere probably on a back porch enjoying maybe a little orange juice or something in the orange juice who knows probably something with an umbrella in it yeah well he was he was talking last night or last week he was joking uh, about he's purchasing a house where he's moving to and he's been fixing up his house and stuff and he he made a comment that oh i know what it was he was talking about he had a hole in his wall, and I asked, well, is that from beer pong or something? Or what was Tim over there and maybe put a hole in the wall? He's like, Tim is not allowed in my house. I'm like, wow. I didn't realize it was, it was king status there at the at his household. So I was a little surprised by that. After all the things you've done for him, Tim, I would expect you to have a little more credit uh, in his world. A little more hospitality, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> well, John's always welcome at my house, just for the record. Well, I'm glad you said that because now it's a one-way street. So (laughs) he's going to be moving away. So it's going to be harder to get to his house. That's right. Pretty soon. Well, it's good to catch up with you. How about just a couple of thoughts? What the last couple of weeks have been like at Blackthorn Golf Club? It's just been crazy. I mean, it's been um, the momentum continues. Um, Golf is, you know, again, um, retaining its, you know, popularity that we started last year with the pandemic. And um, we're seeing, um, um, you know, if the sun shines, we're full, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, we're, it's, it's been a really good year. I think one thing that's of um, note, which is kind of cool, you know, a lot of the tournaments last year, the charity events um, that um, played at Blackthorn, either they uh, didn't play or their numbers were down, <laughs> excuse me, but every tournament that we have, 
is they're they're full fields their their numbers are way up so the participation uh in charity events um the community is really um supporting and rallying behind and we've seen unbelievable increase in numbers of our tournaments so that's a good sign uh as well if i gave you a little truth serum are you surprised just how booming the golf industry is right now would you have guessed this one year ago today Mm, one year ago today, yes, maybe, um, but definitely 18 months ago, no. Um, you know, obviously, we've been fortunate at Blackthorn to, to um, have success and, and be profitable, um, but never uh, anticipated or thought um, that we would see this kind of resurgence in the game. Um, so it's, it's really uh, neat to see, and um, we're seeing it everywhere. It's not just Blackthorn. I mean... Uh, Ben Oak, um, which I'm involved with, um, their rounds are um, through the roof. And, um, you know, I'm, uh, my Uncle Dave, who's at Erskine, said they are just, they're killing it. Um, so it's everywhere. And it's good to see. And um, we got to keep it going. I would assume with the golf course being packed at this particular time, has that caused adjustment and the maintenance and the groundskeeping? Do they have to start earlier now just to get things done before the golfers get out there? How has that affected the rest of your golf course with the tee times being full all day? Well, it definitely makes it more difficult for them to get to, you know, projects on the course. Um, you know, they're out there at probably 4.30 or 5 now with lights on mowing. So they're able to get out in front of the golfers. I think it's more of, you know, once you get everything mowed and then you want to go and, um, you know, we've got several projects going on on the golf course. It's hard because, you know, every 10 or 15 minutes, you got a group coming through. So you got to be uh, cautious of that and want to stay out of the way. Um, so it's definitely probably um, caused them, you know, a little bit grief where they don't have, you know, a day where we're just kind of slow, um, where there's nothing going on out there that just doesn't exist. Um, but uh, other than that, no, I think they, um, you know, we're they're, they got the same routine uh, all week long. You know, they're changing cups every day. They mow fairways every other day. They mow the tees every day. You know, they have their routine. They can get that done before golfers uh, get out there. Tim, you're just talking about there are some of the projects they're doing. Is it more infrastructure stuff, or is it going to be changes that golfers are going to notice at Blackthorn? Well, there's one significant change that golfers are going to notice. Um, that is um, – and people that have played there that are listening have seen it already. Um, but the um, putting green, the smaller putting green that was by the cart staging area is going to become the new first tee uh, for number one. Um, it's really a cool looking hole. Uh, it's going to definitely make it more difficult. Um, but we're doing that um, because of the homes going in on the right side on the old Blarney hole. We, we just, we want to make sure that we're not, uh, you know, setting up these homes in, in, um, getting bombed by, uh, errant tee shots. <clears throat> so, uh, we're moving that over. Um, and that's being seated. It may have already been seated this week. Um, we'll probably won't start using that till, um, next spring. Um, but that's one significant project. And then we've got quite a bit of tree work and different things that we're getting to as well. So, our guys are staying busy, and again, we've been fortunate that we've been able to reinvest in the golf course and these projects and and um, put money back in where, you know, again, you go back, you know, 10 years ago, 
um, five years ago, even, and you're just, you know, hoping you can make it, you know what I mean? Um, and, uh, it's, it's great for golfers to see that we're reinvesting. Um, it's good for, um, our superintendent, John, who's been there for 24 years. It's his baby, you know, to, to see that we're spending money and improving the golf course. Um, so, uh, all in all it, 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 it's, um, we're trying to make it, uh, the best possible place we can be. We've done several projects inside the clubhouse in the last 12 months as well. We redid, uh, the entire men's uh, locker room. Um, we, did, we completely repainted and new wallpaper, the entire clubhouse, uh, this winter. Um, we built a new, um, rooftop uh over uh that back deck um with two big fans in it so people can uh get some relief from the sun and get some air movement <clears throat> and we plan on putting in um a doorway there to kind of open up that grill area out to the the porch where this roof is so um those are just a, a couple of the of the projects that we've uh that we've done um here in the last year or so so um, anyway, it's all turned out great. The place looks wonderful uh, for being, you know, 20, let's see, 1994. I should know this, but um, was that 27 years old? Hard to believe. Tim Firestone, Darren Pritchett with you, the Mick Ultra Golf Show here on WSBT Radio. For some golfers who maybe have not been out to Blackthorn this year, if you think about number one with the old Barney hole, there were basically two different tee boxes for number one. Now that one way off to the right is obviously going away with the construction going on with your new project. But as you now look at the shaping of that first hole, you think back to the two tee format, the fairway was huge. Number one, coming from two different directions. What is the fairway going to look like once you get everything completed? Well, the fairway will say the same. That fairway is so generous. And that's, you know, one of the things that makes Blackthorn fun to play is you can kind of spray it around and still find your golf ball, you know, very large fairways. Um, so really just this, this new look makes it more of a dogleg left, Darren, than, than maybe the regular tee um, is. And, and, you know, you got to, well, let's say probably at least 100 and, you know, 80-yard carry over there's a, you know, swale, grassy swale area there. Um, but it probably lengthens the hole by 20 to 30 yards. Um, but the fairway was still, it sets up, it's just, it actually just looks like that's where the hole was yeah. supposed to be. Um, it really sets up nicely. Probably not going to be good for my fade, will it? Well, it's not bad. You started over the, the left side of those bunkers and cut it back into the fairway. I think it's perfect for you. Well, but if you can hit a big swooping draw around there, then I think that would be a better shot. But that may not be your shot shape, Darren. Hmm. Well, at this point, I probably wouldn't call it a fade since I've not played this year. It's probably a, a <laughs> nice <laughs> So I probably have nothing to worry about. But it really brings in those trees on the left side of number one now. Uh, kind of. No, um, no I mean, because you got to hit it a long way to get to those trees that's um, from that tee box. I mean, it's that's down there a ways. Most, most people will hit it, you know, a good drive uh, would be kind of just probably equal to where those left side bunkers are uh, in the fairway. So you're going to have a hundred and, you know, 70 yard shot in, you know, it's like I said, it Lincoln's a hole and that hole was not short. Um, 
to begin with. So it definitely is going to make the hole more difficult, but I think it's fair. There's, there's plenty of places to hit it where you can't get in trouble. And um, we're probably going to have to readjust our handicaps uh, on the holes once we do that as well. Um, but uh, that's that's the probably one of the most significant changes we've made um, at Blackthorn in, in, I don't know, quite some time. So, Tim, with these changes to number one, you obviously have the, the senior tees and the ladies tees mm -hmm. way up front. Are you projecting a couple of different sets of tees there on that particular new location for the first tee? Yeah, I think we've got it designed where we could put both the back tees okay. uh, and then the regular everyday men's tees on that tee box. The um, I would say probably on most days, the black tees, which hardly anybody plays. You know, some of our college teams play back there, um, but there's just the game's gone the other way. I think we've talked about this on the show. More people are moving up. We have uh, several of our, our groups of, of older gentlemen that are that play all the way forward. Um, which I think is awesome. You know, they love it. It's more enjoyable, but they're playing from, you know, it's, it's becoming politically incorrect. The ladies tee, we call it the forward tee. Yes. Um, and, uh, and the other groups, you know, that maybe used to play the black tees, the better players are all moving to the regular uh, everyday tees. So unless we have the college tournament or, or Bethel or Holy Cross is out there, nobody's really playing the tips. Hmm. So as you go to Blackthorn right now, like if you're standing on the new first tee at Blackthorn, how close is the new housing construction project from that first tee? Like the, the closest house to the golf course, how close is it? Well, the property line for those homes um, along number one um, goes right up next to the first tee box where it is now actually part of the, the T is actually in someone's backyard. There's an easement there, obviously, okay. but um, that's kind of that property line all the way up to um, the left side of the woods on the right. Okay. That, that's all the, that would be their backyards. Now the houses will be set back further towards uh, the road. Um, so I would anticipate, um, you know, what I've been telling folks is, I mean, there's, there's definitely gonna be times when you find a golf ball in your backyard. Oh, and the other thing is we've also been, uh, Darren put out of bounds uh, stakes, which um, is one of my biggest pet peeves on golf courses, um, seeing on course out of bounds stakes. But unfortunately, we, I mean, we had to put those in. We don't want people hitting shots out of somebody's backyard. So if you now spray it right, that ball's out of bounds and you would uh, have to retee it or, um, you know, whatever you're going to do, but that's now out of bounds on the right side. But I don't think the houses will be, there may be an occasional shank or, you know, for a better term that might hit a house, but um, you really have to hit it right um, for there ever, for it to ever hit a house. Hmm. I remember earlier this year, Roy McElroy hit a ball in a swimming pool. <laughs> so I guess that's, that's <laughs> yeah. I saw a thing on the internet. This is a, a funny story. So, the guy, this guy lives uh, on a golf course and uh, he, you know, gets balls hit into his backyard all the time. And what he does is when he's out there, he'll be, he, he sees the ball, like when someone hits it in the yard and he'll lay down next to it and like hold his head, like it hit him. So the golfers come up looking for their ball. The guy's like rolling around on the ground, like they hit him. 
uh, his daughter was recording and it was pretty funny. So I have, I have to try that at Blackthorn. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, I've seen that particular video. I'll tell you what, with the way that first hole is going to play, Tim, it might become one of the more difficult par fours on the golf course. You mentioned the additional yardage off the tee. Now, it is a wide fairway. It's very, very forgiving. But that target, that green is not overly mm -hmm. big. That's, that's going to be awfully challenging with that bunker. Front left might be in play a whole lot more now with the changes. Yeah, I think, you know, if you think back when they originally designed the golf course, they anticipated that the most used tee box would be the old tee box behind the Blarney Hole green, that everybody would play the Blarney Hole. That's what we did. So that tee back there is what, when we first opened, that's what we used forever. We hardly ever used the other tees because the Blarney Hole was always in the rotation. And so that green, and from those tees, it's a much shorter hole. It's really, it's like you hit it like a hybrid off the tee and you have a wedge in um, from over there on those other tees. And so that green was designed to be, you know, it's a, a narrow opening. It's a hard green to hit. But yeah. yes, to your point, coming from that direction, now you've got that front left bunker that comes more into play. Um, but the other thing we've done on that hole, I don't know if you remember, Darren, when the last time you've been out there is uh, where it used to be rough uh, all the way around the green. Um, mm -hmm. We've shaved down that right side um, and put that. some bent grass in. There's kind of like a swale bailout area um, to, uh, you know, make the green a little bit easier um on the surrounds so um it's um gives you the little bit of a bailout where you're not trying to chip it out of the rough um but yeah you're right it's going to be a hard hole there's no doubt about it and like i said i think we'll have to change our handicaps once we uh make these changes one of my favorite parts of blackthorn is the par 5 seventh and the area behind the green and to the right that mm -hmm. is yeah you could make that hole a lot more difficult by putting a, a whole bunch of rough right there. But I like the fact that it's shade because it brings, I think, many different ways to play a shot. You could putt it. You could you could chip it. You can lob it. I just think that type of design of a golf hole brings a lot of options to the golfer. And I think that's something that makes a golf course extra special is when you could play maybe two or three different shots from the same spot to get the ball to the hole. No, I agree. That's my favorite green complex that we have. And, you know, that hole is a shorter par five. A lot of people can reach it in two, but really what makes it difficult is where the, where the hole location is. And if that hole, if that, if the, the hole location is not in the bowl there and you have it either the front right or that back left where there's a small section to hit the green, the hole probably plays at least a shot different yeah. um, than putting in the bowl. Um, because even if you lay up and you're hitting a wedge, it's still very difficult to keep it on that top layer. A lot of times you're going over to your point where the it's mown down and then you have to, you know, put it back up or chip it back up. But no, I agree with you. I think that's just a very well-designed green complex. One final question for you, Tim, on this subject. I'm not looking for particular financial figures. I'm just looking for a general statement. I was thinking to watching the Memorial a couple of weeks ago on the PGA tour over in Dublin, Nicholas's golf tournament. And after last year's tournament, as soon as they got by a certain, they started tearing up several greens. I mean, they had the spades out and the grass was gone and they were reconstructing the greens. Again, just generally speaking, if at some point you wanted to expand the first green, make it a little bigger, is that one of the more costly things you can do on a golf course is adding or changing a green? Because I can only imagine the process it takes just to construct a green, let alone 
redoing it or adding more to it. Yeah, it's not just where you mow it down yeah. shorter <laughs> and expand it. I mean, you have to have drainage put in. You have to have the right soil layers put in. Uh, yes, greens uh, are definitely an expensive proposition. Um, I don't think that uh, Jack has the same budget uh, constrictions that we do when it comes to <laughs> just deciding to tear up the greens. I was listening to him on air and he was like, yeah, I didn't like the way this green looked. So we went ahead and changed that. You know, well, that's, you know, 50000 or $100,000, you know, project. Yeah. Um, so I would say between the greens and another real expensive project that golf courses face um, are, are your bunker renovations. You know, the bunkers, again, I think a lot of people don't realize it's not just digging a hole and putting sand in it. You have drainage that you have to put in. You have uh, um, uh, like a, a, a netting for uh, that kind of holds the sand in place, a liner, let's, let's call it that. And again, the right uh, levels of sand, you can't just dump sand in, it's gotta be uh, the right kind of sand. Um, so the bunker renovations um, are, are very, very costly as well. From what I hear, the milkshakes over there in Dublin are pretty good. So that maybe pays for all the renovations he, he does over there. Yeah, that's a good idea. Buy a milkshake, build a green, yeah. Not bad, not bad at all. I'll say this, one thing about what Jack did, he said, I didn't intend to make the golf course harder, which he did not. He just wanted to make the golf course better. And sometimes better doesn't mean making it harder. And I actually yeah. like one of that. No, absolutely. I think, again, we've, you know, we, again, we've talked about this as well. I think that the changes that we've made at Blackthorn over the years have made the golf course easier. Mm -hmm. We've taken bunkers out. We've taken trees down. We've expanded fairways. We've cut back on the fescue. Um, we need to let people enjoy uh, the game. So, yeah, we as golfers make the game harder than it needs to be. So the golf course doesn't have to be <laughs> absolutely brutally hard for us to, you know, sometimes just not play as well as as we want to. Mm -hmm. All right, Tim Firestone, Darren Pritchett with you, Mick Ultra Golf Show on 960 AM WSBT. When we come back, we will talk about our national championship underway at Torrey Pines near San Diego. There's a South Bend tie-in to the U.S. Open this year. We'll talk about that in a couple of moments on 960 AM WSBT. We're on retirement assignment on this Saturday morning. And next week, believe it or not, is our final golf show of the season, from what I understand. So hopefully we can get John on, and I guess that'll be kind of his final go-around on the program. He says he's going to stop by every once in a while as he's retired and he is moving outside the area. But it sounds like he'll be around from time to time. But we'll have to come up with some maybe really good stories about John that we've never heard before, Tim. And you've known him a long time, so if you ever wanted the chance to embarrass him, next week would be the week. Uh <laughs> oh, <the> evil laugh. <laughs> that could be interesting. Uh, yes, it could. Hey, let's talk about the U.S. Open, Tim, for a couple of moments out at Torrey Pines in San Diego. The first time it's been at Torrey Pines since 2008. One of the great U.S. Opens defeated Rocco Mediate on the 91st hole. They had the 18-hole playoff. They were still tied. They went to the extra hole, and Tiger finally knocked off, knocked off Rocco. And that was Tiger's last major win until he won the 2019 Masters. So this is a golf course we see all the time with the PGA Tour stop at Torrey Pines. In fact, Patrick Reed won there earlier this year. There was controversy about an embedded ball and he ended up winning and there was a lot of hoopla about it. But Patrick Reed, one of the best short game players on tour one earlier this year 
at Torrey Pines. I'll say this, Tim. They've added more yardage to the golf course. There are three par fours that play over 500 yards. There's a couple of par fives that are playing over 600 yards. It's a type of golf course that probably doesn't have to be ridiculously long to be difficult because, A, they've got the rough up. But, B, Tim, I'm not very familiar with this, but the, but the greens, the um, – what's it called? Um, Poana. Poana, thank you. Mm -hmm. From what I understand – unless you're familiar with it, they can be awfully challenging. In fact, on the broadcast a couple of times this week, they said those type of greens are the most difficult to make four to 10 footers on just because the ball bounces all over the place. Mm -hmm. I would assume when you played Pebble Beach, that's what they had. Yes. Yep. Um, it, it just tends to um, like footprints and, and spike marks and uh, are more um, prevalent. The grass just kind of is more of a sponge. Uh, than some of the firm bent grass that you see at other golf courses uh, in our area. Um, so, so Poana, especially if you're playing in the later rounds, uh, those greens get pretty beat up and pretty bumpy. So it, it's not uh, the easiest putting um, surfaces, that's for sure. And it sounds like they grow during the day and they get awfully bumpy, as you're talking about, late in the day. So a bit of a challenge for the guys getting off later in the day now we're taping this uh, friday afternoon as the first round is just wrapping up because they had the delay in the first round due to that marine layer the fog made it impossible to start so they had an hour delay on thursday which has pushed everything back but just as we have started taping the show south bend's rick lamb who qualified for the u.s open this year just wrapped up his first round and what a great start for Lamb as he posted an even par 71. Tim, just for people that maybe don't know about Rick Lamb, can you offer a little bio on where he played golf and his ties to the South Bend area? Yeah, I mean, uh, I remember Rick and he has a twin brother um, and uh, they would be uh, at Blackthorn probably starting at the age of five or six years old uh, almost every day mom or dad would drop them off and uh, they would be practicing all day long. And um, uh, they both um, became very good players. Um, um, and Brick has had some good success um, on um, the Corn Ferry Tour um, over the past couple of years, or maybe like th three years ago. Had, it was in the top 10, got some PGA status. And I haven't, he hasn't played well that i've seen uh or played had many starts at all on the pj tour recently so this is great to see uh someone from south bend uh on that leaderboard i can't tell you if ever we've have a south bend native uh you know what is he tied for 24th i believe right now mm -hmm. uh um, so that's pretty cool to see and uh his development and and uh playing at that level is pretty cool what do you remember about his game? Was there a strength that allowed him to play in college at Tennessee? And now ultimately he's turned it into a professional career. You know, I don't, I've never played with Rick. I don't know that um, where that strength is. I just think um, from watching him play on TV, just a very solid, very aggressive player. Um, um, and uh, um, 
but I don't, I don't, I haven't played with him to, to, to be able to say, Oh, he's got the great short game or here's what he's missing to, to be able to win. You know, I don't, I've, I've not played with him. I know John uh, Foster and, and they've spent a lot of time at Warren uh, in their uh, teen years knows his game a lot more than I do, but um, uh, I, I can't answer that. Um, well, he must be pretty well-rounded to be playing in the U S open and continuing on in his professional career. Again, he leaves our area to go to college, to go to Tennessee to play sec golf. So that tells you a lot about what, his game brings to the table. And you look at what the U.S. Open is providing us right now, Tim. Early on Thursday morning after that marine layer finally left the golf course, the golf course was soft. It was a little gettable. But as the sun came out, the wind started to blow. It dried out. And all of a sudden, we're starting to see the USGA blueprint of fast and firm. It started mm -hmm. a little more brown as the week goes on. And by Sunday, there's going to be a lot of brown on the golf course. And as we tape right now, Friday afternoon, Louis Oosthuizen and Russell Henley are the leaders at minus four. And Tim, I'm not sure if we're going to see 10 under par in this particular U.S. Open. I think as the golf course continues to get more firm and with the way these greens are, I, I don't think it's going to be one of those 10 under weeks. What is kind of your perception of how this could play out at Torrey Pines this weekend? Well, I think you're right. I don't see uh, double digits, I wouldn't think. I think that, you know, uh, four under yesterday was an uh, incredible uh, round of golf. Um, and I'm not sure, he must have went early, I'm guessing. Russell uh, yeah. went early. Um, but no, I think you're right. I think you see that eight, seven, eight under number um, would win it. And I just, again, we've talked about this on the show before, but I just, again, applaud the usga for having this tournament at a public venue you know i've played the golf course i'm sure a lot of our listeners have played um it's just neat to see um watch tv on courses that people can actually play um so kudos to the usga and then i think this is this leaderboard and there's so many cool stories going on here um you know you got kepka who's just always there right just always there it's unbelievable really if you think about it how does that guy in every major just show up it's pretty spectacular yeah, let me give you a stat since you mentioned kepka how about this going into his second round of this year's u.s open he has recorded six consecutive rounds in the 60s in the u.s open that's incredible and yeah. how about this since 2017, Tim, he has had 32 rounds in the 60s in majors. It's unbelievable. It's just the guy that just, that's what he drives for. It's, it's really impressive. You know, all these great players sometimes lay an egg, right? I mean, whether it's Rory or Jordan Spieth or Dustin Johnson or, you know what I mean? But this guy, just he's always there. It's phenomenal. Um, so I think <clears throat> that's kind of a, a cool, uh, story and, you know, this stuff with Ian Bryson, uh, <laughs> I think is great. Um, great Twitter banter and Bryson video bombed him yesterday again. Um, so <laughs> it's really becoming quite comical. Um, wouldn't you love to see those two in the final pairing on Sunday? I mean, that would be awesome television. 
Yeah, for people that don't know, these two simply don't like each other, and they have traded barbs back and forth on Twitter. And you just talked about the video bombing yesterday. It happened after the fourth round of the PGA Championship, which led to some sparring on Twitter. It does add a little spice to the coverage of golf, and sometimes golf gets a little stale and monotonous. But this <laughs> now, I know there have been some fans that have chanted Brooksy at. DeChambeau, and they've actually been moved from the golf course, not this week at the U.S. Open, but the last time he played. So it looks like the PGA Tour is not going to let any wow. happen right now, as the fans, I guess, are not going to be able to say anything to DeChambeau if they don't like the way he's been kind of, I guess, bugging Kepka the last few weeks. Sort of like <laughs> I That's crazy, though, to kick him out, don't you think? I mean, come on. Have a little fun. Um, well, I do notice he wears his headphones a lot. Walking to the first tee Thursday, DeChambeau had his headphones in. I, I noticed him, yeah. To play more music to relax him, or if he's just trying to tune out people a little bit. Probably a little bit of both, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have that feeling, no doubt. Well, John Rahm's in the top ten as we're taping right mm. now, coming off the unfortunate situation at the Memorial. Leads by six after the third round. Before he leaves the green, he finds out that he tested positive for COVID. So he had to withdraw at that point, costing him a win. He was going to put that tournament away. And so now this is the first time he has played since then. And he shot a two under par 69 in the first round. And this just seems to be the guy, Tim. We're all waiting for him to win a major. He has the game to do it. Sometimes he's his own worst enemy with how frustrated he gets with himself. But he just seems like one of those guys, when he wins that first major, he might win three or four in a five-year span. Yeah, I think – and I think he's starting to get that more under control. I really do. Um, I think um, – I don't see the temper as much anymore. I mean, definitely still gets fired up. Um, but he's definitely one of the most gifted players on tour. It's, it's just – he's a great putter, solid driver of the golf ball. Um, and I agree, this is a great story. Um, and, um, hopefully he can get some redemption this week for, for that tragic, you know, think about it, come off the green and he just basically loses 2 million bucks. Thanks for coming out. Cause he was yeah. going to win. No doubt about it. Um, a couple other good stories here too, Darren. Um, I don't know if you saw any of the commercials on golf channel or, uh, during golf, but Callaway is doing a promotion that if anybody that bought a Callaway driver from, I think it was Dick's and Golf Galaxy, if Xander Shoffley wins uh, this week, they get a free, they get their driver at no charge. Wow. So I think there's a lot of people that bought Callaway drivers rooting for, for Xander, who again, I think is just one of the more solid players on the PGA Tour. Um, he's becoming more likable too. You got Rory up there, minus one as well. That's good to see. Let's see what he can do with that. Then you got another Indiana boy in the top 10, Patrick Rogers. Yeah. Grew up in Avon, Indiana um, at one under two. So, and then I think this is a great story, this Matthew Wolf story. You know, he basically, Darren, you may know more about it than me, but I think he just kind of got a mini breakdown, overwhelmed with the pressure of golf and, um, just decided, I think he took two months off maybe, or maybe three months off. And, uh, you know, this is a kid that has won right away 
uh, out of college, um, known for obviously for that unique golf swing, <laughs> but uh, uh, he kind of just kind of game fell apart. He fell apart and then come back this week, first time he's played and he's one under. So another great story. Was in the final group of the U.S. Open last year before losing to. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, it's. It's a tough game. It's you and you only. You can go 0 for 4 in baseball, and yet you can feel good because if your team won the game, it kind of makes up for it. But golf, you have a tough day, and there is no one to help you. I think <laughs> on Thursday, he just didn't have his A game. He was just a little off, couldn't make those key putts after the first couple of holes, and kind of struggled with a four over par round. He never had a double bogey, but it just never got going. But there's no one to help you to save the day. And I could see why mentally it's one of the more difficult sports. And I could see how somebody like Wolf could just be overwhelmed by everything that's happening around him. He's getting a lot of attention. Plus it's hard, man. If you're, it's up to you to make a good living in this game. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, and, and golf is just such a mental grind. These guys can hit the ball. That's, I mean, there's a lot of, great players that are out there that can that can hit it 350 that can putt can chip but the guys that are able to just focus and grind out every shot for 18 holes yeah. i mean i don't it's i've only done it i think maybe like three or four times in my life where i've just really got into that grind it's hard it's a it's a difficult thing to do um and i think some guys on the tour don't even get there to be honest with you you know, um, I think some guys uh, are just that. I mean, I'll, I'll just say Bubba Watson, for example. At least it doesn't appear like it. He's more carefree, natural talent. He's out there slinging shots around the golf course all over the place. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, the mental aspect uh, of golf, I would argue, is the most uh, challenging Um of any individual sport, you know, five hours. If you're playing tennis, you know, your match is what, a couple hours. Um, golf is five hours of focus and concentration. Yeah. And in tennis, you don't have to worry about the conditions on the next hole, and you got fans right on top of you. And depending on your lie, you have to do something different. The wind, now I know wind is a factor, of course, in tennis, but just not to the extent of golf. That is a whole different animal. So much to think about. I mean, you get mentally worn out let alone swinging the club 72 times. It's just the mental grind of not hitting the ball in the right place or you have to worry about the wind. There's just so much that goes into it. Or maybe there's a little swale in the middle of the green. You have to hit on one side. It mentally wears you out on the PGA Tour. I don't know how they do yeah. it. I don't either. I, I know I don't have the mental capacity for it. That's for damn sure. You know, either <laughs> Maybe 25 years ago, but not now. All right, Tim and Darren with you. We'll come back with more Mick Ultra Golf Show on 960 AM WSBT. With Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend, I'm Darren Pritchett, the Mick Ultra Golf Show on WSBT Radio. All right, Tim, we talked a lot about the U.S. Open in our last segment. And again, we're taping this with the second round taking place on Friday. So who do you think is going to hold up the trophy on Sunday? I'm going to go with John Rahm. I really, I think, you know, um, Playing well, confident. Um, I'm I'm going with John Rom. Okay, 
Well, I'm going to say Callaway's going to have to pay a lot of money back. I'm there going to go, go. guy, Xander Shopley, had 200 par in the first round. Boy, he was rock solid on Thursday. So I'm going to go with the local guy. He knows this golf course extremely well. Gets to sleep in his own bed this week. So I'll say yeah. Shopley wins that first major. Tim, you mentioned earlier in the program that you're associated with Ben over in Elkhart. Maybe a, just a quick description of how that golf course is looking right now. Man, it's uh, really uh, in good shape. Uh, we hired a new superintendent uh, uh, this year. Um, they have not had a, uh, a certified superintendent at that golf course in quite some time. Um, so we found uh, uh, a new superintendent who's done an incredible job. The course is old. You know, we've got irrigation issues and, you know, trying to get it back in shape. we got bunker work to do. Um, but uh, the golf course is in, is in really good shape. Um, and uh, like I said, we've, we've got sand sitting there ready to start on some bunker renovations, um, um, looking to start a cart path uh, repair project as well. Um, already have made significant changes internally in the clubhouse. Um, it looks great. And uh, they've been busy. And, um, you know, it's, it's the only public golf course in Elkhart. Huh. Um, and uh, we're starting to see a lot more rounds of golf and uh, their membership there is great. Um, they're very active and, and, and play a lot of golf. And um, I would encourage anyone who hasn't played it to get out there and play. It's a, we priced it this first year uh, to get people to come out and, and experience it. Uh, so it's a very affordable round of golf. Um, uh, got new golf carts coming um, in the middle of July there. Um, so it's really, uh, kind of cool to see, uh, from when I first started working with the new ownership group back in November of how this thing was going to play out, how are they going to buy it and finance it and all these other things to where we are today. And, um, it's really neat to see, uh, all the improvements and, and the success, uh, that we're seeing there so far this year. A golf course that's enjoyable for all handi handicaps. Yeah, very much so. There's four different sets of tees. Um, I mean, there's there's water, and it's, you know, some of the holes are, are tight, um, but very playable uh, golf course, fun golf course to play. And for people that want to check out and learn more about Ben Oak, is there a website they can go to, or is it easier just to call them? What's your best piece of advice? Yeah, so our new website should be launching next week, but um, there's a there's a, the, the old one that we've made some small modifications to is Ben Oak golf.com google ben oak and call the pro shop for tea times we're in the midst of installing um brand new um point of sale system with electronic tea times uh, where you'll be able to book online um same system that we use at blackthorn um so we're really kind of implementing a lot of the um, yep. um procedures and policies and products that we use at blackthorn there so uh, the phone number is uh 295-1602 so 3610 Bent Oak Trail in Elkhart, 574-295-1602. We'll wrap up this installment of the Mick Ultra Golf Show next on 960 AM WSBT. For more on Blackthorn, go to blackthorngolf.com. For Tim Firestone, I'm Darren Pritchett. Thanks for joining us on the Mick Ultra Golf Show on 960 AM WSBT South Bend. 
Thanks for listening. This has been the Mick Ultra Golf Show, presented by Michelob Ultra, locally distributed by United Beverage of South Bend. Michelob Ultra, superior light beer. Don't compromise. Also sponsored by Bill's Heating of Goshen since 1951. For all your heating, cooling, and plumbing. Also by Pet Refuge, Lech Leitner Door, Sherwood Tire, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, your local Edward Jones financial advisors. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. And OSMC, the Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center. This has been the Mick Ultra Golf Show. Heard every Saturday morning at 8 on Sports Radio 961 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 